are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group and be able to share your own thoughts and insights about today's readings with those who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 278. We are reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 1, Paragraphs 6 through 9, a relatively short reading today. 6. Battling between the urgency of his love and the restraint of his humility, the beloved apostle hesitated nearly a whole day. Conquered by his filial love, he at last resolved to seek the presence of his heavenly mother in the Senecal, and on his way thither he stopped to argue with himself. How can I presume to do what I desire before knowing the will of the Most High and of my mistress? Yet my Redeemer and Master has given her to me as a mother, and favored and bound me to her as a son. Hence it is my duty to serve and assist her. She is not ignorant of my desire and will not despise it. She is kind and sweet, and will pardon me. I wish to prostrate myself at her feet. Therewith St. John came to a resolve and he went to the place where the queen was in prayer with the rest of the faithful. At the instant in which he raised his eyes to look upon her, he fell down prostrate, just as he and the other two apostles had fallen at seeing the transfigured Lord on Mount Tabor. Matthew 17.2 For the splendors which he now saw in the countenance of Most Blessed Mary were very like to those seen on our Savior Jesus at that time. As the impression caused by the vision of her descent from heaven was also still enduring, His human weakness was so much the more completely overwhelmed, and he fell to the earth without power of again rising to his feet for the space of an hour. Nor were the apostles and disciples who were present in the cenacle necessarily astonished at this fall, because in imitation of their divine master and moved by the example and instructions of the Most Holy Mary, they were frequently, during the time they were expecting the Holy Ghost, lying prostrate in the form of a cross, praying for the coming of the paraclete. 7. The kindest mother then approached the humble and blessed apostle and raised him from his prostrate position, and assuming a more natural appearance, fell herself upon her knees, and said to him, My master and son, thou already knowest that I am to be governed in all my actions by obedience to thee. For thou takest the place of my divine son and master, in order to command me in all that I am to do. I now ask thee anew to be solicitous in commanding me on account of the consolation I derive from obeying in all things. Hearing these words, St. John felt great confusion and perplexity on account 
of what he had seen and experienced concerning her, and he once more prostrated himself before her, offering himself as her slave and begging her to command and govern him entirely. In this urgent request, St. John persevered for some time, until, overcome by the humility of our queen, he subjected himself to her will and was persuaded to yield to her, agreeing to command her as she wished. For this was of the greatest profit for his own advancement, and for us a unique and efficacious example, reminding us of our pride and teaching us to crush it. If we acknowledge ourselves devout children this heavenly mother and mistress of humility, we are justly obliged to imitate and follow her. The vision of the great queen of the angels in her state of glory was so deeply impressed upon the understanding and the interior faculties of the evangelist that the image of it remained with him during all his life. At the moment when he saw her descend from heaven, he cried out in great wonder. The intelligence he then received concerning her, he afterwards manifests in the Apocalypse, and especially on the twelfth chapter, as I will explain later on. Instruction which the great queen and mistress of the angels gave me. 8. My daughter, though I have until now so many times urged thee to detach thyself from all visible and earthly things, and to die to thyself and to all the savors of a children of Adam, and though I have fully exhorted and instructed thee in the first and second part of my life already written, yet I now call upon thee anew with the affection of a kind and loving mother, and I invite thee in the name of my divine Son, in my own name, and in that of the angels, who also loves thee so much, that forgetting all else, thou raise thyself to another life, more exalted and heavenly, apprehending that of the eternal felicity. I desire that thou leave entirely the ancient Babylon, thy enemies, and all their false and harassing vanities, and that thou approach the holy and celestial Jerusalem, live in its porches, where thou art to occupy thyself in the true and perfect imitation of my life, and thus arrive by the divine grace at the intimate union of my Lord and thy most faithful spouse. Hear me then, my dearest, with a joyful attention and alacrity of soul. Follow me fervently, reproducing in thy life the image of what thou writest, and study what works I performed after I came back from the right hand of the divine Son to this world. Meditate upon and penetrate into all my doings, in order that according to the graces thou receivest, thou mayest continually copy what thou understandest and writest. Divine favor will not fail thee, for the Most High will not deny it to those who on their part exert themselves according to their power, and he will not refuse thee his assistance to attain what is pleasing and acceptable to him, if thou do not by thy negligence make thyself unworthy. Prepare and expand thy heart, inflame thy will, purify thy understanding, and cast out from thy faculties every image and impression of visible creatures. For thus will none of them interfere with thee, nor any of them draw thee into venial sin or imperfections. The Most High will deposit in thee his hidden wisdom, and thus thou shalt be prepared and anxious to execute all that is most pleasing in our eyes and enjoined upon thee by us. 9. From now on, Thy life is to be like that of one newly called from the grave. Just as such a one is apt to turn to a new life, as if estranged and foreign to all that he loved in his former life, changed in all his desires, reformed and alienated from all his former inclinations, so I desire that thou, my daughter, be renewed, for thou must live as if thou wert re-endowed with the highest possible gifts of the soul by the divine power within thee. But for these divine operations it was necessary that thou use thy own efforts, 
and prepare thy whole heart, so that thou mayest be entirely free and become a blank tablet, as it were, whereon the Lord with his own fingers may write and stamp, as in soft and yielding wax, the seal of my virtues. His majesty desires thee to be an instrument in his hands, wherewith to operate his own holy and perfect will. And thou knowest that an instrument does not offer resistance to the artisan, and if it possesses free will, it uses it only in order to permit itself to be freely moved. Now then, my dearest, come, come whither I call thee, and remember that if it is natural to the highest good to bestow favors and communicate itself to the creatures at all times, yet in the present age the Lord and Father of all mercies seeks to manifest more abundantly his liberal kindness toward mortals. For the times have advanced toward their end, and there are few who are willing to dispose themselves for the reception of his divine gifts. Do not thou lose such a favorable occasion. Follow me, and tread in my footsteps. And since I invite thee to such a happiness and motherly love, and by such high and perfect doctrine, do not grieve the Holy Ghost by thy tardiness. This concludes our reading today for day number 278. We've been reading from volume 4, book 7, chapter 1, 6 through 9. When St. John goes and looks for Our Lady, he goes to the place where the queen was in prayer with the rest of the faithful. Never forget that Mary prayed with the early church. And now from her place in heaven, she prays with all of us. I go back to that apparition in Champion, Wisconsin in 1859. I am the queen of praise for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. Mary prays in heaven, as we know, by her acts of intercession for the world. But she wants us to pray with her, just as she prayed with the early church. Now we pray with Our Lady. And then also we heard this. And moved by the example and instructions of the Most Holy Mary, they were frequently, during the time, they were expecting the Holy Ghost, lying prostrate and in the form of a cross, praying for the coming of the paraclete. That's what Pentecost. Remember, Jesus just ascended into heaven nine days later, ten days, forty to fifty. The Holy Spirit will come. And so there they are praying for the Holy Spirit. We also daily can pray that the Holy Spirit will come to all of us and fill us and renew us day after day. Finally, in the instruction of Our Lady, she says, Remember that if it is a natural to the highest good to bestow favors and communicate itself to the creatures at all times, yet in the present age this Lord and Father of mercies seeks to manifest more abundantly his liberal kindness towards mortals. God wants to show his kindness to us. I think one of the most evident ways that God has shown his kindness is by sending Jesus to be born of the Virgin Mary, that he has given Mary to us, the church, as our mother, and so we behold her as our mother, that that kindness is extended every time that graces are received by the intercession of the saints or by any way in which grace is conferred upon us. God wants to show his kindness. Call upon him. Say, Lord, Show your kindness to me. Show your kindness to my family. Ask for it. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the Mystical City of God. 
I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.